with the church, but, but this is our story. And I will explain uh, in a minute what I mean by that. If you have your Bibles with you, we are turning to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 9. And it reads as such, and our hearing be on the screen before you, reading from the New American Standard, and it reads as such in our ears. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hope fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to scripture. And that he appeared to Cephas, that is Peter, then to the twelve brethren at one time, most of who remain until now, but some has already have fallen asleep. And he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles, not fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Amen. 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 Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, move Tracy out the way. Allow your word to go forth and allow it to accomplish that which you intend for it to do. Lord, more power. Lord, increase the anointing. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Have your way. As I was considering where God wanted to take me, I, I came to the conclusion that one of the things that the body of Christ, not just this church, but, but especially the church perhaps in America needs, is a history lesson. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why we, I believe, need a history lesson, because if we don't know where we came from, how do we know where we're going? Glory be to God. I, I think that, that, that you will help, that you understand me as, as I explain to you that, that, that part of the dichotomy are, are the struggle in the African-American uh, experience is that our history was taken from us. Therefore, we do not have that cohesiveness among us that, that other cultures have. I, I, I just got to explaining to you earlier that, that the dollar spends six hours before it leaves our community. 
which means that we do not invest in ourselves. But part of that has been our experience in America that the connectiveness that we ought to feel among ourselves is not there. Call it psychology, call it whatever. What it shows is that the brokenness that slavery applied to us, the brokenness of family, affect the way we see ourselves. If it is true from a everyday, the way we view ourselves, how about the way we see ourselves as being the church? Most of us have not made the transition of really knowing that after Jesus rose on Sunday and, and after that great, that great experience of us accepting Jesus, we know nothing more. We don't know what happened after Jesus got up. We don't understand how the church was formulated. So therefore, us coming together on Sunday don't have as much importance as it should. <laughs> Saying that we are a church and, 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 and seeing how we ought to be united together and, 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 and strengthening one another, we don't understand it because we think of ourselves as an individual Christian and do not see where we fit in the collective community and family. That's why some of us come to church just once a month. That's, 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 why, that's why we can be in the church, talk about our brothers and sisters, badly about them in the church before we have church. It's because we don't understand how God has, has, has put all this to, together. We don't know our, our biblical church history. We understand that after he got up, what happened with the 12 and how this whole thing of worship on the Lord's day not on the Saturday, but on the Lord's Day, on Sunday. How, how did the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament, why do we come together? Why, what is this really all about? What is the benefit of us doing what we do on Sunday? And why did God, or did God conceive such a thing? If I was to go down the line and ask the question, many cannot, do not see the picture. See, when we don't have a correct picture in our mind, we miss what God is saying. God works in the background. God works in shadows. God, God works in pictures. And, and because many times we, we, we don't know enough to see what God is doing, we miss the hand of God moving right before us. I remember going to the show with my son, one of the things that we used to do when he wasn't so busy. 
Now I have to put myself on his schedule. You know, we went to see The Matrix. And I remember the first time I saw The First Matrix, I sat there with tears lapping up under my chin because in that movie, I saw the gospel. If you Google it, you have people who, who would talk about the, 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 the similarities about the gospel, how it's hidden in the message. But what blew me away is that, you know, when, when he got uh, hooked from that machine and, and, and reality dawned on him, and it showed all those folks that the machine had hooked up and the machine was living off of them and had them in a dream world. I saw the thousands, I thought of the millions and thousands of souls in the world that is being deceived by the devil. I said, Lord, that's it. They, they are deceived and they're living in a dream world that is going to be their destruction and Satan is feeding off of them and they don't even know it. And then we as Christians have been birthed through into reality. And then remember when he held some pills up and said, and said if you take this one, you go farther into the truth. But if you take this one, you can go back to sleep. Then I, I, I thought to myself that there's some Christians who may come to church on Sunday. Whose eyes appear to be open while we're here, but their eyes is wide shut. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, maybe help me to, 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 to preach from a narrative standpoint where I can reconnect the dots that we can see that, that, there, that there is something that happened after the resurrection. We need to know how, how all this formula and how we got to where we're at. So watch this, watch this. If I want to know God's intent for me, I go back to Genesis 1 and 2. You know why I go back to Genesis 1 and 2? Because in those short chapters, I see God's purpose and intent for man before man messed it up. <laughs> so watch this. So if we want to see what God intended for the church, I go back to the foundation of the church. Uh, Y'all don't hear me. I go back to Acts and, and how it started off so I can see what elements that they had to make sure we still got those elements unless we are deformed as a church. So bear with me as I try to tell the story. Bear with me as, as watch, watch, watch that. And if you don't get it from me while well, I'm thinking about it, because, because I, have, I, was, I was already planning this, then I found out last Sunday that there is a movie series that, that is coming on CBS 
every Sunday night that is telling the story of the church. A.D. Which means that if you don't get it from me, watch it tonight at 9 o'clock. Because they're picking it up from the resurrection of Jesus and carrying it on of how we got to where we're at. What happened to the disciples? What, what, what happened to them? And how did this thing spread? Matter of fact, if you want some more investigation, David Jeremiah, who is a famous preacher that got a radio show and a TV show, has, is, is preaching the same series, and, and he's preaching it according to the movie. He's getting paid for it, I'm not. It just so happened that the Holy Spirit said, this is where I want you at without me knowing that all this was in already play. Ain't God awesome? Ain't God awesome? Read with me our, 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 our text. He says, Paul writes, Now, I make known to you, brethren, the gospel, that is, the good news, which I preach to you. He, now, now, he's talking to Chris. He said, he said, which you already received, which also you stand. My brothers and sisters, don't let nobody deceive you. See, one of the, one of the uh, uh, certainties that you are saved is that when you know that this is the truth, you, don't, you can't be moved off of it. See, the, the problem is that some of us have just entered in the door and have not gotten stepped in. But, but you need to get deep in Jesus. Because you can't tell me that you can experience the goodness of the Lord. I mean, I mean, sure enough, be touched by him. And then disbelieve that he is who he says he is. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, but I done got to the place where, where I may fall, but I'm getting back up. And the reason I'm getting back up, though nobody has to prove any more to me, I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I don't need no more new truth. I got the truth. So when folks come knocking on your door and they start talking about another gospel, you either need to be able to biblically show them they are wrong or shut your door. Stand. Stand. Turn, 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 turn to your neighbor just in case they might be asleep. Don't stand. Matter of fact, that they are asleep, wake them up and say, Stand. If they stand up, we all know they. (laughs) By which 
you are saved, not, not, not being saved, but past tense. From the day you believe, you were saved. You're not hoping to be saved. You are. You're not hoping to get salvation. You already have your salvation. You're not waiting for your name to be written down. It's already written down in the book of life. Somebody need to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, let's, let's read on. Let's read on. He said, if you hold fast to the word. You know why I come into church on Sunday morning? This encourage you to hold on to what you already know. This helps build upon what you know so that you will know some more. Because the more you know, the stronger you are. This helps you to to withstand the attack of the devil, that you know that that's just what he does. But if you hold on to the truth, God will see you through. I don't know about you. I need Sunday morning. I, I need worship. I need the saints. I, I... He says, which I preach to you unless you started believing. This for those who didn't come all the way in, but started to believe in vain. For I delivered to you, listen, first important. You know what he's saying? Don't get sidetracked by all the secondary things. We may disagree on the secondary thing, but the most, the first most important thing you best know. You can't guess on this. You can't think you know. You best. So, so let's see what Paul says is the, is, the, is the first important. He said, well, I received that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture. You know what he's saying? He said, he said, he said, he said, his life and death was not something we just wrote about. There are basically three books that, that call themselves holy books. The Quran and the Book of Mormons, the Later Day Saints. Muhammad wrote the, the Quran, and he testified that an angel appeared to him. Joseph Smith wrote the Book of Mormons, and he appeared. He called himself a, a prophet, and he said an angel appeared to him. You know what? I don't argue the fact where the angel appeared to him, but what type of angel? <laughs> there's, 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 there's God's angels, but then, but, then, but then the devil got some demonic angels. That, 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 if, that, that, that if you're not careful, it would show, it would show up. And listen, and, and don't think they're going to show up with a pitchfork and horn. They're going to show up as an angel of light trying to tell you I got the truth. So I believe they saw something. 
but what they saw wasn't from God, it was from the devil. <laughs> Be careful of folks that always talking about they got extra biblical stuff. You know what? I tell folks, show it to me in the Bible. If they can't show it to you in the Bible, it's not true. Don't let somebody come up and tell you, say, I got a prophecy over you. God told me to tell you to go to Texas. But God wants you to go to California. Hold on, hold on, hold on. If uh, 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 the Holy Spirit got something for you, he would tell you. Folks will only give you confirmation of what God is telling me. Uh, see, 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 we got folks running around, and, and, and I believe in word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I know God works in that, but guess what? If you are of the church, you got the Holy Ghost inside of you, and the Holy Ghost know how to speak to you. You don't need somebody on the outside. He is not giving any more new revelation of his will than what is already written in his word. I can give you illumination of the revelation, but don't come saying, well, everything is not in there. Everything you need is in here. The whole church is built on his truth. See, the reason why it is so important to understand that, that the Bible is his truth because he wants to build and give you illumination of the information. I know that the world is changing. Oh, I'm going to step into this. And some of us are listening to the wisdom of the world and think that the Bible is old and antiquated. Listen, truth is truth is truth is truth. Let me explain what truth is. Let me explain what truth is. See, see, though he may have spoken it in different cultures at different times, in different segments, when you, when you melt it down to a truth, it comes out of that culture. And it's true in Africa, India, and America. It's true 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, today, and if, and if, and if God tears, a thousand years from now forevermore. That's what establishes truth as truth. It gets beyond cultural differences in ages because you know what stays the same? We are humanity. Yes, yes, yes. Let me help you with that. 
the same struggle Adam and Eve had, we have. The same struggles they had a thousand years ago, even with our Even with our technology selves, even with our Google and computers, we still jacked up just like that. <laughs> Why? Because God speaks to humanity at our core level. But of course, we, we, we want to be smarter than God. <laughs> but of course, we think we done got some knowledge and now we know better. Oh, Lord, let me move on. I could stay right here, but... What, 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 look what he says, he says, he says, he says, we write not according of, 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 of what we, we, we think. He said, but, but according to Scripture. You know what he's saying? He said, before it happened, it was already written. It was going to happen. So, so when he showed up and did it, we looked back at what was written and said, that must be him. Uh, uh, let me, should, should I take that a little bit slower? Okay, okay, okay. The Old Testament is full of shadows. Well, you know what I'm trying to run from? You know what? My shadow is moving just like I'm moving, but that's not me. Matter of fact, I'm pointing, it's pointing. I step, it's step. Matter of fact, depending on how the light hit me, if I point at it, it's pointing back at me. But guess what? That's my shadow. Glenn, come here. Hug my shadow. What you mean you can't do it? Touch it. Did you touch my shadow? You touched the wall that my shadow is on. You didn't touch my shadow. Why? Because my shadow has no substance. But it gives evidence that I am real. Because otherwise, I couldn't cast. What Jesus did was he is, the Old Testament is wrapped up in him. And the Old Testament is full of types and shadows that pointed directly to him. So that when he came, there was no excuse to miss him. Everything he had the Jewish people do everything from the calling of Moses, from the calling of Abraham, all the stories of the Old Testament, from Genesis to Malachi, 
every book of the Old Testament shows a shadow and a type of him. It had no real substance other than it pointed towards the real Messiah, the Son of God, God incarnate, when he came so that when he came and lived, there was no excuse to miss him. Let me help us. God, even though the fulfillment of the great prophecy is done, God speaks to us still in shadows and types. That's why some of us miss God, because our eyes are not open. Our ears are not open. God is not going to speak like I speak. He's going to prompt you in your spirit. And if, you're, and if you're not open to the direction of God, if you don't know enough truth of his word, you're going to miss what God has for you. Let's read on. He says, he says, he says, he says, he says. And he was buried and he was raised again the third day according to Scripture. He said it was foretold. It was already written in the book that all that happened to him was going to happen. That when it happened, their eyes should have opened up. That's what he's saying. Turn first. 2 Peter chapter 2, chapter 1. 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16. 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter, Peter, Peter begins to help us with this too. And Peter says that we did not follow clever devices. Listen, Muhammad wrote about himself. <laughs> Joseph Smith wrote about Did you know that Jesus personally didn't write no letters? But was others who wrote about him? Did, did, did you know that the Bible consists of 40 authors over 1,500 years from Genesis to Revelation? Did you know that, that, that the Old Testament pointed towards him or why the New Testament point at him? Did you know that he is that which separates the old from the new? Did you know that he's every dot of the I and crossing of the T? Did you know that if you take Jesus out the Bible, you don't have a Bible? (laughs) Peter said, we didn't follow cleverly devised tales that when we made known to you the power. What was this? What's this? What's this? He said, he said, he said, I was an eyewitness of his glory. 
Here he's really talking about the Mount of Transfiguration that happened in Matthew chapter 17. And he says that, that I was one of the ones that, that when, when God the Father overshadowed us, he said, I was eyewitness of his majesty. He said, when, when he began to shine, shine as the sun, he said, I saw this for myself. Next verse. He says, he said, when, we, when, we, when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such as utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory that this is my beloved son who I want for. He said, he said, while we was right there watching and we were about ready to pass out, he said, he said, when his face was shining as bright as the sun and his clothes become dazzling white, we heard a voice. And it was the voice of God. And God made witness that this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. He said, but, now Peter don't say it, but they passed out at that point. Wouldn't you pass out too? <laughs> That's what he said. He said, I saw this for myself. Listen to me. Whatever the disciples saw, it was enough that they died for it. They put their life on the line. See, some of us don't understand what was happening in Kenya. Went to Kenya, you know, and, and we would go to these to these schools that was that was that was Christian schools, and these kids would be singing, "Yes, I love Jesus," and there was such light on the inside of these encampment. Yeah, it was an encampment. On the outside, you could feel the darkness. You can feel, man, you can feel it. There was just a different of atmosphere. It was a different of spirit that was in control. When Jesus comes in, he brings light. Church, there ought to be some light up in here. When, when we come in here together, there ought to be a different talk, a different attitude, a different way we handle ourselves to the place if someone in the world comes in they can sense the difference. And they said, this feel better. It's an indictment on us. And somebody sit next to you and listen to you gossip about another Christian. Why? Because, because there ought to be light when we get together. Because Peter said, I was a witness. The church, the church means we are a witness. Hold on, let's go on, let's go on, let's go on. He said, I said, so we have the, he said, I said, matter of fact, he said, we have the prophetic word more sure. You know what he's saying here? He says, did you know that the prophecy of the Old Testament, according to scripture, is even more sure than what I saw? Listen to what he's saying. He said, don't go by what I experienced. I'm not asking you to place your faith and what I said I experienced, I'm 
I'm asking you to place your faith in the foretelling that this was going to happen, and it did. He's saying, he's saying, he said, I'm not even placing my faith in what I expect. My brother and sister, if your vision or your dream don't line up with scripture, throw it away. The devil will give you a vision. Don't, don't, don't be so anxious to experience the supernatural. Yes, God may do that, but the devil will give it to you too. He counterfeits everything that is God. I believe, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but I have also experienced on the other side folks who was working stuff that was demonic as hell. Because it came from hell. And you have to be able to discern what is the source of it. And if it does not add up to the word, the church means we stand on his word. Not my opinion, not your opinion, not what you think is right, not what I think is right, but the interpretation of the word. That's the only thing we have to stand on. Why am I so dogmatic about this? Because we're living in dangerous times. I, listen, listen to me. I place my life on the world. Every bit of my counseling is based on that word. I expect God to do what he said he's going to do. And when I have interpreted the word of God right, he has never failed me yet. We who are the church, why do you think in Kenya that when this Muslim group goes into this Chris into this college that they would go and say, you Muslim, you safe. <laughs> you Christian, boom. You Muslim, you safe. You Christian, boom. Now watch this. She's a Christian. You would think, because some of think, I would have said I was How did y'all come up with that so quickly? <laughs> but, but wait a minute. When you know that Jesus is real and the die is gain, oh, y'all don't hear me. When you recognize the importance of your testimony and that your testimony for standing what you believe may change other folks, You don't mind saying, if you kill me, then it's time for me to go. Because, because if God wants me to live, your bullet can't kill me. But I'm not going to let the devil steal my testimony. Now, now watch this. Now, watch this. Let me show you how powerful this is. I believe that's how God got hold of Paul, Apostle Paul. 
he saw Christians at his hand dying for their faith, and he began to think there must be something to this. How I say that? Because when God, when God begins to deal with him, knocking off his donkey, he said, Paul, it's hard to kick against the goat. The goat was something you would use to poke the ox to make it move. Uh -huh. What God's saying is every time they stood for the faith, Paul, I was poking you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you. Yeah. I think that there's going to be some Muslims oh, yes, that's going to come over yes, to Christianity yes, because of what they saw. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Let me ask you a question. Isn't that what our living down here is really all about? Uh, see, I'm gonna mess some of y'all theology up. Some of y'all think y'all living was so that you have a big house and a Benz. I mean, it's okay if you do, but that's not what it's about. What it's about is not how many toys you can die with but can you die with a witness and a testimony that folks see the difference in your living since you have came to know Jesus? They caught that. First century Christians caught that. They lived that in other countries. Listen, how can I say this? The reason why it wasn't so hard for them in Kenya because they live with the threat of their life every day. To become a Christian in those areas may mean your death. So before they became a Christian, they had already counted the cost. Listen, if you was willing to die when you accept him, now that you've been walking with him, to die is really game for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The problem with us is we don't feel like we are in any mortal danger yet. <laughs> the question is, what if the time comes in America that if we had to die for our faith, how many going to stand up for Jesus then? See, 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 Sunday morning when we are in family, it's good, it's easy to stand up. And some of us still don't stand up. Well, but, matter of fact, how many stand up for him on our jobs? At school? Why? They understood some things that we have lost. Getting back to our historical roots will help us understand that, as Paul said, the first most importance of our faith. Not not the secondary, the first most important. I think that, that if we get back to our roots, it will revolutionize some things. 
I, I think that, that, that folks will get more excited about Jesus because Jesus is worth being excited about. <laughs> I, I think that, that once we get hungry for him and thirst for him again, that, that, and you get a new revelation of the revelation you already got, and he's expanding who he is to you, after a while, you don't have to be pumped up to praise God. Don't take much to praise him. I mean, I mean, when you talk to some folks who've been healed and delivered, they don't mind saying that they've been healed by Jesus, they've been delivered by Jesus, because they have experienced that part of him. And the greater the illumination, I believe, the more the praise. I just believe that. Listen, let me, let me go on, let me go on, let me go on. He said, he said what's this? He said, so we, so we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well. Listen, pay attention. You know what's wrong? We're not paying Churches are nap time. <laughs> Satan will make you go to sleep. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. It's funny. We is just all of a sudden church starting. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, and we gotta fight. You got you have to fight. You have to fight. See, there's some folks that had to fight to get here. You got to fight. I mean, I mean, isn't it funny how hard it is to wake up on Sunday? But through the week, you walk and say, why am I up? Man, I beat the law. But on Sunday, snooze button, snooze. Fight. This is spiritual battle. This is fight. I mean, because he don't want you to get no more illumination of who Christ is. That's what, you, you ought to come in here, not to see what the next person got on. Uh, you, you ought to come here, not to look cute. You ought to come in here because you, you, God got something for you. And you have come to get what God had for you. Hungering and thirsting, paying attention because God got a word for you. As a lamp, he, he says, 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 God only give you a little bit of light at a time because we can only take a little bit at a time. He says, but it's shining in dark places. He illuminates what you've never seen before. He gives you a truth that you never noticed before. He's always shining more light where it's dark. He's either making the light brighter or, or he's giving you a whole new concept that you've never seen before. Let's go on. He said, until the dawns and the morning star. He said, Jesus is the morning star. He said, till he rise up even more in your heart. You know what? No spaces. Not here. We're here. Isn't it amazing that Jesus can be all up in here and we miss him? Oh, yeah. 
Is it amazing that Judas was with Jesus and missed him? Isn't it amazing that when Jesus started talking, that, that 70 left, and he was right there saying, and to the place, it got so discouraging, he turned toward the 12 and said, are you going to leave me too? I wonder the percentage of Sundays we miss it. He said, he said, I'm after your heart. That there will be a burning, there's excitement. That, some, that transformation takes place in our heart. Yes, he, he starts with uh, uh, understanding, information, but then he takes it to a higher level. Next verse, next verse. Let me get through this. We, we're almost finished. We're almost finished. But this first, let's see. Okay. This, first of all, know that no prophecy is scripted. That's what he says. First of all, another scripture. This is Peter saying. Uh-huh. He, said first, he said the most important thing. He said, first of all, know this. Even though I had a vision, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, first of all, that no prophecy of Old Testament talking about Jesus is, of scripture is a matter of anyone's own interpretation. Jesus. They didn't write what they thought was cute. They did not write of their own interpretation. Next verse. No prophecy has ever been made as an act of human will, but man were moved by the Holy Ghost who spoke from God. Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. And then we're out of here. God, I, I, I see, how many times do I see this? Let me go through them. I see God when he forms the body of Adam. He, ah, life. He, he, he imparted of himself and he became a living being, life. I see Jesus with the disciples and, 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 and I'm, I'm taking y'all here, but he breathes on them indicating that when the Holy Spirit comes that he's going to, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huh. Huh. But I also see in Scripture where Paul writes to Timothy, he said, all Scripture are... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whatever God breathes on something, there's life in that. <laughs> Every time he breathes, there's an impartation of life. So watch this. So if I read this looking for Jesus, I'm going to breathe. <gasps> what God breathed out. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. Let me, let me say it again. When we read this, preach this, listen to this, we are breathing in what God has breathed out. Y'all begin to see it. So every Sunday when we come in here and the word is being preached, we, if we're ready, we are breathing in. What God has breathed out. So if God has breathed out life, we are taking in life. 
they are saying to us that there was a life given to the church that can only come from God. And we get stronger in that life as we take in more of his word. We are an organism. We are alive with the life of God, but we can only walk in what we see. Through the spirit, yes, sir. Now watch this, watch this. If we only see a little, we only walk in a little. Now watch this. I believe that the Lord gives us as much as we thirst for. Matter of fact, they said what? You, you can't, you take you, your horse to water unless you make him thirsty. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. Sometimes we come in here and we ain't thirsty enough. Jesus is a fount of life. His word is life. And he has come to give us life more abundantly. But you got to thirst. And got to move everything else out of the way so that you will thirst and see more of him. I don't know about you, but I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, not just sometimes, but all the time. And I can't help myself. I want more and more. Is there anybody in the house want some more and more and more? When you thirst for Jesus, you stop the silly stuff. When you thirst for Jesus, it's not about you no more. When you stop the silly stuff, you speak to folk you don't like. Because you don't want your attitude to shut you from getting wet in the spirit. Oh. 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 Why you saying, oh, there's something in my spirit that's groaning. I thirst. Jesus thirst on the cross because he was separated from his father. But into your hands, I commit my spirit. He got up with all power in his hand. The day that you accepted Jesus, he breathed on you. He breathed on you. He breathed on you. But now you are the thirst for more of his impartation. Oh, he's good. Do I have anybody in the house that knows he's good? If he's good to you, give him a shout. 
of our story. This is just the beginning of our story. Part two next week. <laughs> just the beginning. Yes, yes. Somebody here, God is calling you. Because you can't be part of his church unless he draws you. If he draws you, don't shake him off. Somebody need to, to deepen their thirst. Because you have allowed Satan to trick you. Because Satan don't like thirsty Christians. <laughs> he, he likes Christians that satisfy with a drop. <laughs> he gets scared when the church starts getting thirsty. He's afraid of what might happen. So he's trying to keep you in your seat. Well, God's trying to get you up. Satan would tell you next week. But you don't know what may happen between now and then. Then next week, he'll tell you next week. Then the week after that, he'll say, oh, next week. Today is your day. Look at what? Come on, George. Is there anybody in the house? But God said, today, if you thirst, I'll give you drink. Is there anybody in the house? Where God is saying, today is your day. Tell Satan, he's a liar. Come on, bruh. Come on. Is there anybody else that coming to Jesus to get filled, to drink of his goodness, of his glory, of his power, of his love? Is there anybody else? Somebody's fighting. Because there's a voice saying, stay here. And there's a voice saying, get up. The devil is a liar. And the truth is not in him. God, if God's saying, get up and come, come on. Come on. Come on. Whosoever will, let it come. Come on. Come on. Let's do this. Let's walk this thing. This is just the beginning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.